Hello and you're very welcome to this week's Mead Chronicle Sports Podcast Talk A Good Game. I'm Fergal Lynch. Unfortunately, we haven't got our regular, uh, my regular co-host with me today, Jimmy Gagan. Jimmy's on holidays. I suppose he's also mourning the sad news of uh, the passing of Celtic legend Billy McNeil died this morning. One of the Lisbon Lions, 79 years of age. So, one an iconic figure in Scottish football. So we're without Jimmy today, but I have a very able deputy in Leinster PRO and Mead Hurland PRO, Martin O'Halloran. Martin, you're very welcome to the Mead Chronicle. Good to be here, Fergal. Good to have you, Martin. You were uh, enjoying the weather at the weekend. Did a good, good weekend well, out and about. Yes, I took a little bit of a. Uh, a break, as they said, I was down in the west of Ireland, beautiful sunshine and uh, great for games on across the the province and across uh, Mead as well. It's great to get this sort of weather at this time of the year, it sets up everybody nicely for the for the rest of the year and it's just an awful pity now that that's round two of the football championships completed last weekend, we'll, we'll have a quick rundown through the games in a couple of minutes. But it's an awful pity now that we have to wait nearly three months for the next round of the football championships. It, it really is nearly like a, a two-stage competition, isn't it? Well, you could look at it that way. But uh, clubs have been preparing since before Christmas for these games. So I would say an awful lot of lads who have been training three or four nights a week are glad to get those games in. And uh, as we can see with the system in the Mead Championship this year, there's an awful lot to play for every club still. The fact that there was go- there's going to be three teams relegated from the senior has really made the first couple of game first couple of rounds of games very very interesting and some great games which in other years the early rounds of the championship have been tend to be you know a lot of shadow boxing going on and you know landing soft blows but geez there's been some great football in the first couple of rounds of the championship so far. There certainly has. I was at um, last Thursday evening. I was in Ashbourne. Um, there was a great crowd over there uh, for that game. I was also, before that, I seen the first half. I only seen the second half in Ashbourne. Yeah. I seen the first half um, in screen uh, where we seen uh, Wolf Tones beat the county champions Dunboyne. So that was some performance. There was also a very good crowd over there. And um, I have to say, it was well stewarded and uh, a good programme by our county PRO uh, as well, which made things easy. Yeah. Uh, both teams who were involved were uh, the numbers that were on the jerseys and things like that in Ashburn, so, so, not in screen. Yeah, well, near enough, Fergal, near Un- enough. Unfortunately, not in screen because uh, Dunboyne, for some reason, I don't know why why they would do it or why why they went down that route. I'm sure it wasn't something that was in the management's hands. They just handed out the jerseys, but there was players who were listed in the program was wearing 21, and then they started wearing 14 and 11. And so, I, I just can't understand that when people are after coming in through the gate. Bought that excellent program, as you said, for two quid, um, and to stand on the sideline and you're you're flicking through it, looking to try and identify players, but the players aren't wearing the numbers that course Most of them were, but there was four, five, or six maybe on Dubois that weren't wearing the numbers that corresponded to the numbers in the program. Disappointing. That that's disappointing. Well, of course, it's disappointing, Fergal. But I still think we're making ground in this. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, that's and no. That's not a. You know, a I wouldn't slight. even put that down as a reflection to Dunboyne. I would quite honestly say maybe if there was a word said 15, 20 minutes before the game to uh, the officials of Dunboyne, uh, will you please put the jersey numbers uh, the same as the programs? I've no doubt. You know, th- yeah. but it, we have come a long way in the last couple of years in terms of um, programs and terms of uh, clubs cooperating uh, and wearing the right numbers and things like that but look 
as you said, it didn't happen the other night, and we just hope to improve on it. Yeah, as I said, I've no doubt that if somebody had just said to the Dunboyne boys, there wouldn't have been a problem with it at all. Um, but it wasn't said to them, and it was it was frust- it was all right for us because we had time before the game, the, the reporters to go up and find out the changes in the whole lot. But if you were uh, like some lads only arriving for the second half of a game, maybe up in Ashburn or something, Martin, that <laughs> you were late getting there and, and you know you didn't hear the changes that were announced. And that's another thing. There's a, a lot of great venues that are hosting games and uh, great credit goes to Dermot Carty and Screen who uh, always announces all the changes and the changes beforehand to the teams and the subs and the whole lot. And Dermot McGuinness and Trim does it as well, very, very well. Doesn't happen in a, in a lot of the ground. Subs come on and off, and and people don't know whether uh, who the changes are sometimes in games. But uh, as you said, brilliant strides been made in that thing. Probably and uh, not blowing smoke up your own whatever here, Martin. But you know, you you led the revolution nearly in in improving uh, the programs. Programs at inter county level and all that have always been done well by Mead officials in the past. And Brendan Cummins was was always excellent at them as well. But you took it to another level and now it's up to Kieran Flynn and his team to try and bring it to the next level again. Yeah, and not just us. Now, I, I believe there was other junior and intermediate matches uh, where um, I know it's on social media where clubs actually uh, provided handouts and things like that. And great credit must go to those clubs for making those particular efforts. You know, people are paying 10 euros into a game nowadays as opposed they would, as you rightly said, they do like to know who's actually playing on the field. Uh, it's important now and with all sorts of different designs on jerseys sometimes it's hard to see numbers sure and is. things like that you know God, that could be a podcast on itself Martin numbers on jerseys we don't get me started on that but uh, another thing actually just when you mentioned the 10 euros into the games uh, we do get a lot of, of people complaining we, on, when you're out on the ground you hear a lot of people complaining oh it's very dear into this and it's dear into that I know it's only 10 euros and it's not a lot of money but if you're going to maybe three or four games over a weekend as as you know most good media supporters love to get around the grounds and see as many games they possible can possibly can that initiative that Tipperary County Board do where they have a 15 euro weekend pass that's something being considered by me GA is it I think for the future I've read somewhere that it might be considered look at Fergal you've heard me going on and on and on for years now about uh, getting into matches and things like that the word season ticket will always be at the front of my mind because the season ticket is a great value you know not alone look at our great year we had in the National League you know you would have been at the league finals all of those type of things club finals on Patrick's Day and you'd be able to go to all your matches uh, whether it's your club or anyone else in the county for 200 euros for the year that's phenomenal value it's a great Christmas present that all right yeah but but that's come and gone and people have missed Mm. the boat in that one but you know, a 15 euro weekend pass. I think because there were a lot of games this weekend. I know the crowds in Trim weren't great. Uh, in, in Ashburn on Sunday night, the crowds weren't great either. I don't know. There's, well, you said there was a big crowd in Ashburn on Thursday night, but there's a lot of games where, you know, the crowds weren't great. And I think maybe people would go if they thought, God, I've got a 15 euro in, will get me to as many games as I want, or a tenner, I'll only go to one. You know, people might might yeah. Buy it look, too. Fergal, there's no doubt. All these initiatives all have to be looked at, yeah. and they're all very good. The, mo- the most important thing for us in the GEA is to get as many people going to as many matches as possible. Yeah. And we we have great grounds, and we have all of those type of things. But 
in order to monitor uh, your tickets and things like that, you need even more technology yeah, uh, yeah. To, to have all of those type of things. But this will all come down. You know, Loud has tried this before and other counties have tried weekend passes before. It's certainly something we should have a look at. But I'd still say that, you know, it's not quite quick. Christmas yet and certainly not don't use Jeez. the C word <laughs> just yet but uh, next year we'll be in Division 1 of the National Football League yeah. you know so surely there's a great opportunity uh, for us to have something in place for next year and as many people possible can buy that season ticket but in the meantime you know maybe we should look at some uh, weekend initiative and see how it works well uh, anybody that I don't think anybody could complain at a a lack of value for money over the weekend at a tenor into a lot of those games. So just have a quick fly through some of the games that were, happened at the weekend in the Senior Championship. Uh, Group A, some great games in that. I suppose the first game we look at was Screen beating Navin Amatnes by 3.13 to 2.13. That would have been seen as a huge surprise by many. Screen were missing. Uh, Harry Rooney, of course, who has a, a hand injury after an accident, I think, on the farm. Uh, Conor O'Brien was missing. Donny Ryan was missing. They were missing a good few players, so, but I think Paddy O'Rourke came to the fore for screen yet again. I think he, what did Paddy score, 2-5 to, to beat Navin Amatnes? He's a well, surprise result, Martin. You would probably, on paper, you probably would have said that. Screen had a fairly uh, good league campaign. They won their first round of the championship, uh, not by a huge amount, but everyone is up for the first round of the championship. So they obviously improved. But don't forget, Screen have a lot of young inter-county footballers uh, coming through, young minors and things like that are coming through. And they were all to the fore. Paddy O'Rourke, vast experience, one of the finest club footballers in the county, a very big man, well able to catch the ball, good free taker and uh, a motivator to all those around them. But look at Navin and themselves, they're trying to uh, build a team. You know, they had a good win in the first round of the championship and look at sure really makes it even more exciting. Yeah, just a screen have actually got off to a poor start in the league. It's a Mahonies that have got mm. off to a good start in the league. But just when you talk about, uh, you know, Paddy O'Rourke with a great fielder of the ball, we have a brilliant photograph in the Chronicle this week. I know obviously we can't show it on the podcast of Paddy getting off the ground and he's up miles off the ground to win a ball in that game against Navin Mahonies. A great photograph there by John Quirk from that game. So, you know, that that group is wide open. Um, screen have, have really put a, a cat amongst the pigeons there because Gail Colum Kale recorded their second win with a fairly routine victory against St. Pat's in Rakenny on Sunday afternoon. Blistering hot day, the weather, my head got burnt off me in, in Rakenny. Fine facilities in Rakenny, p- places looking really well. Uh, the path around the pitch and, and the fencing and the whole lot place looking really well. But it was a pretty straightforward victory, I think, for Gail Colum Kale. St. Pat's, no doubt... I think they have improved on last year. They're definitely playing better football under Davy Cahill. Uh, and, and they were in the game without ever really looking like they were going to overtake Gail Colum Kill. But, you know, it, Ryan Farnham got a couple of goals for Gail Colum Kill. And then Seamus Matamo, they had probably, and, and Brian Hanlon, they had the two class players on the field. And, and those two lads would make a difference to any team. Well, Gail Colum Kill, you know, there's plenty of experience. Yeah. You know, they've been in the last couple of knockout stages of the Senior Football Championship. St. Pat's worked very hard over there. Uh, you know, they just keep going every year. They seem to get a result somewhere that keeps them going. And it's going to be very difficult for them difficult between now, now and yeah. the end of the year. But uh, you just watch. They'll get a result somewhere and they'll keep at it. The, the last game then of the weekend in Group A was uh, Dunshockland against Centralstown. And... Uh, even though the scoreline in the Chronicle here, I noticed that it's got it down as three 
eleven to two one. It was actually three eleven to two twelve is what it should be. My my two was missing off the end of my report there. But for me, this has to be one of the games of the last few years that I've seen. It was unbelievable contest. Just ebbed and flowed. Sanchestown got off to a great start. They were two four to a point up, I think, after fourteen or fifteen minutes. It looked as if there was only going to be one way one way traffic in it. But Dunshockland, you talk about young players with screen and minor stars. Matthew Costello started for Dunshockland. Of course, he was a minor all-star last year. It was brilliant. And then to bring in Luke Mitchell at half-time, who was also a minor all-star last year. And Luke Mitchell came in and scored 2-2. Now, some people will probably look at the 2-2. He scored one was a free. And the two goals were goals that probably myself or yourself would have scored ourselves. And now, Fergus, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it won't go that far. But it's... It was his positional awareness and how he got himself into those positions. They were just fisted, palmed goals into the net from, from close range. But his positional awareness and his threat, and he just tormented Sanchezstown. So Dunshockland put themselves back in the hunt there as well. I know it's two defeats now for Sanchezstown. Uh, very narrow defeats, losing to a Matinee's the first day and then, of course, losing this one. But Dunshockland have uh, they're going to ask a few questions of a few teams in this championship yet, I think. Yeah, well, Dunshockland, look, they love their football in Dunshockland. They're going to keep at it. Uh, Centralstown uh, had a difficult game against Armani's. Uh A couple of sending-offs uh, gave them an opportunity and they, they came back uh, as uh, O'Mahony's um, in that first game. So it's going to be a difficult season for them as well. You know, with the three relegations, you really have to focus. So the next six or eight weeks before there's any more games are very important for clubs. To And it's going to be difficult for clubs. Six or eight uh, or 12 uh, weeks, you maybe. Know, to keep things going. So they're going to have to be fairly focused. Yeah. The uh, Just a quick look back at my, my previews before. So I got two out of three right. And uh, rather than saying one out of three wrong, we've got two out of three right in Group A. I tipped O'Mahony's to beat Screen, so I had that one wrong. Went for Kells against St. Pat's and Dunshockland to beat Centralstown. The next round of games in the third round, when, when it does resume, we'll see Screen take on Centralstown. Navin O'Mahony's will play Gail Colin Kill and St. Pat's will play Dunshockland. There was uh, also some, some very interesting games in Group B. One disappointing game, more would have been expected in terms of quality from uh, Ratote against Dunhamore Ashburn in Park Tolchin on Saturday. Um, Ratote won the game eight points, or sorry, 11 points to eight. They didn't quite reach the scoring heights that they did against Longwood, but then they were never going to do that against a, a more difficult Dunhamore Ashburn defence. Disappointing game, but you know Ratote won't care less. They have two wins from two. They're sitting top of Group B. There'll be ones to watch, won't they, Martin? Oh yes, I was at the uh, Retort Longwood game and uh, they had a couple of very good footballers. Um, they had a lot of lads missing that day, so they looked quite impressive. That's the local derby, uh, Retort and Dunhamore Ashbourne. They all know each other inside out. They've played against each other all the way up as, at all grades. So I was following the game at Twitter at BGEA and uh, I have to say I was surprised with the low scoring in this but Look at... Uh, a win is a win. Retort will be happy two out of two. Dunhamore Ashbourne, they've won their first game and they'll be there when it comes to the knockout stages as well. Was, uh, the other two games in that group were excellent games. Rakenny um, against Longwood, as we've mentioned already. Longwood were vastly improved from that first outing against um, against Retort. And geez, it, it was another cracking, cracking game. It was real end-to-end stuff. And uh, you walked away from it feeling really sorry for Longwood because they led for probably most of the game. But Keith Curtis for Rakeni scored 11 points, five frees, so he's six points from, 
from play. He was phenomenal for Rakeni and he really kept them in the game when things were looking bad for them. Uh, Longwood were ahead 2-4 to 7 points at half time, a couple of goals from Thomas Colo. So, you know, they were in a good, strong position um, at that stage. But they got they got pegged back then and Jack Gore got through for an absolutely unbelievable goal for Rakeni. And once that goal went in, it seemed to knock the stuffing out of Longwood. And Rakeni then kicked on. They're probably still the two favourites to finish in the bottom two positions um, in Group B. But Rakeni had given themselves a little glimmer of hope now to get out of that relegation spot. Yeah, that was a very important game. Uh, in other codes, they call it a six-pointer. But, uh, yeah, Jimmy we, called it a six-pointer yes, last week. He, he probably would have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, look, at Longwood are fantastic. What they achieved last year winning the Intermediate Championship... Uh, a dual club, they have to be admired for everything to do, um, spearheaded by the great Mickey Burke, you know, um, similar for Red Kenny, a lot of their lads are involved in, in both codes, you know, they have uh, the excellent Donal uh, Curtis and the other Donal, yeah, well, I actually meant uh, Donald Curtis because I've seen a photograph of him tagged out again. Will that man ever stop? He's yeah. some credit. And, of course, uh, the inter-county footballer, uh, Donald Kogan, who could play for any club anywhere in Ireland, yeah. an excellent player. As you said, Jack Yore, uh, all those, you know, there's vast experiences. You know, Trim is a strange place. Uh, the wind hey, tends to, way, you know, yeah. <laughs> and... You know what I'm talking about. I'm only talking about the wind here oh, now, right, Fergal. Okay, right, yeah, right. There's a lot of that around <laughs> yeah. too. But, anyway. yeah. but uh, and it it's a good long pitch, you know. So I, I don't. I wasn't at the game, so uh, I did. I would have predicted that Kenny would win, but obviously Longwood improved greatly uh, from their first game against um, against Retort. Yeah, the, the second game then on that double bill at Trim uh, was a, a local derby as well between Summerhill and Manalvi. Uh, with Summerhill winning one fourteen to one nine, probably uh, they deserved the win. It was a tough game, and Alvi really put it up to Summerhill. It was a really, really tough game. But uh, Shawnee Dalton got the goal for Summerhill, which proved to be really the crucial score. But worryingly enough for Summerhill, they lost Barry Dardis early on in the game uh, to a head injury and and fears over concussion. I know Barry wasn't well then that night, but hopefully he'll be all right for by the time Mead get out round to Championship action on the twelfth of May. But that game probably went along expected lines with Summerhill beating Manalvi. Yeah, it probably did. And again, this was just another game I was following the benefits of having a good uh, social media to to follow. Uh, both Summerhill and Manalvi were tweeting from it. So, uh, As was, was I. From, uh, uh, yes, uh, Fergal, I did notice sports, that. Yeah. You know? So uh, I did follow that. I did notice a relative of yours got a good few scores on the day, Liam. He did. So uh, yeah, he it must run he... in the family. or Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not on the Lynch side, though. But uh, he, uh, yeah, he took over the free-kicking duties from Barry Dardis once Barry went off. Uh, and Barry had scored a 45 early in the game, almost identical to the one that he scored against Donegal in the National League final. And not to be undone then, they got another 45 uh, when Barry went off and Liam found a target with that one as well. So a couple of frees as well, 13, 20 metre frees that he tapped over. But yeah, a good a good deputy to have behind Barry there when, when they need a free taker. Um, yeah, so that, that leaves Group B with Ratot, as we said, top of the group. Uh, Manalvi, Dunhamore, Ashburn and Summerhill and Rakeni now, of course, all tied on two points. So it's only Longwood that have to get off the mark in that group. So it's it's tight as to who's going to qualify from it. Rakeni and Longwood still look like they could be the ones in the danger of being plunged into the relegation playoff. 
The next round of games will see Rato take on Summerhill. Should be a cracker. Rakenny take on Dunmore Ashburn. And Longwood take on Manalvi. So that's the third round games in that. And then Group C then saw Nafina make it two from two. But again, they didn't have it all their own way against Coraha. Nafina winning 2.15 to 3.11. Uh, Connell Collier was at that game for the Me Chronicle um, where seemingly a last minute free from Shane Walsh who we believe is now called into the Mead Senior Football Panel ahead of preparations for the Leinster Senior Football Championship uh, Shane Walsh converted a last minute free to secure the win there for Nafina um, I think Shane finished at 1-6 to his credit Connor Downey had 1-4 Mickey Collins at 2 points so a lot of good scoring options on that Nafina side as well. When you think Luke Kelly, who was another minor, we, t- we talked about Luke Mitchell and Matthew Costello earlier. Luke Kelly was a minor last year and an exciting player. Ethan Devine, Owen uh, McDonnell, the, the, the Peter Slevin, uh, we spoke Connor Downey as well, Mickey Collins, Jamie Queenie coming on as a sub. You know, there's good quality players in Nafina. Yeah, great quality and there's great work with Nafina. Um, I seen Nafina playing in the uh, first round of the championship that day um, in Trim when they played uh, St. Colin Kills and that was a very lively encounter and uh, Jamie Queenie had a great second half that day. Did. Yeah, but, you know, you're talking about lads with inter-county county experience, Connor Downey, brilliant servant for the club, great footballer, uh, does an awful lot of work up and down the field. Uh, as you said, a lot of the new lads, uh, Ethan Devine has, was with the Mead team this year, they got promoted, so he'll have an awful lot of experience for a, a young lad. Yeah. So the the parish team, as I called them, uh, yes. it was great to see them winning their first two games. Good man, Rat Malines, Martin O'Halloran there, delighted to see Nafina doing well. Uh, you, you mentioned St. Colm Kills, Nafina beat St. Colm Kills, of course, in the first round, and they're still looking for their first win, but it has to come, you know, they were only a point worse off than Simonstown uh, on Thursday night in Ashbourne. That was the game that you were at, where it was Simonstown 14 points, St. Colin Kills 13. Was it a deserved win for Simonstown? Yeah, it was a deserved win, but there wasn't a whole lot in it. Robbie Burlingham was excellent in the goals uh, for Simonstown, as he always is. Um, and there wasn't a whole lot in it. It was quite a battle. Uh, Graham Riley, uh, his usual you know, given everything uh, for his club. A couple of points, uh, And, yeah. you know, this is a very difficult group. This really is the group of debt, as far as I'm concerned. It's very, very competitive. And you, you couldn't, uh, with any certainty, predict any uh, results. But, as you said, uh, all of those um, teams that you were talking about, a lot of them, their players will be involved in the Senior Hurling Championship and different things like that uh, at a later stage as well. So, things change over yeah. the next 10 and 12 weeks. And uh, the other game in that result was probably one of the surprise results of the weekend was Dunboyne losing out to Wolf Tones. That was champions Dunboyne losing by 11 points to 13 to Wolf Tones. So, as you said, it really is the group of death. You have two teams on four, two teams on two, and two teams on zero. And uh, St. Colin Kills and Curragh are the two teams on zero. And, you know, it's such a tight group. You just don't want to get left behind at this stage and find yourself in the bottom two. But... With the way things are shaping up in the other groups, it's hard to see either of them two, St. Colin Kills or Curahab, being relegated, but I'm sure they don't want to be in a relegation playoff either. No, look, if we don't want to be talking about relegation in April, 
you know, and it certainly uh, it wouldn't be in anybody's mind as the clubs, but to be both aware um, that they haven't won any games, so uh, they'll have a lot of work to do uh, over the coming weeks to keep at it. But I was at the uh, I was at the Wolf Tones uh, Simonstown uh, game, and uh, they played particularly well. That game could have went either way yeah. you know, on the Friday night. You know, the previous so, round, yeah. yeah, Wolf Tones improved again from that. Uh, to beat St Peter's but St Peter's are champions and God knows we all know how difficult it is to retain the Keegan Cup yeah. so it's going to be just a difficult year for them also it really is and Keane Ward gave an exhibition in that game with, with 8 points 7 frees as did Robbie McCarthy who also got 8 points with 5 frees so there were 16 points between the two players it, it was a, a good shootout between them and again another excellent game and went well worth the admission fee alone um, glorious evening and glorious I have awesome. to give great credit to the stewards uh, big crowd car parking was good you know uh, as you In said screen, yeah. you know uh, you know as, as as you rightly said that uh, you know Kieran Flynn there for Justin was out selling the programmes and Darren McCarthy was, was beautiful evening so you know everything works you know Darren McCarthy keeps everybody up to date mm. as we said on the PA and I think Rowan Dardis does do the tweeting there so mm. if even games in screen, they mightn't involve screen, but in them they'll tweet the updates as well. So they they provide a good service there in uh, in screen. So next up in in Group C, in the third round, we'll see Curaha take on Simonstown, Nafina against Dunboyne. That would be a real uh, six pointer, as we <laughs> alluded to earlier on. And St Colum Kills against Wolf Tones is another tough one. St Colum Kills really need to start picking up a win to to get out at and. It's not going to be easy picking up a win against uh, Wolf Tones. No, but, but having said that, I wouldn't actually write them off there either. I think no, that no. Be a competitive game. I don't think anybody can yeah. be written off in that division in any individual games. You know, everybody has a chance. Um, we'll just have a quick rundown through some of the other championship results. I just We just don't have time to go through them all. In the intermediate, um, Nobber beat Mead Hill by nine points to seven. Drumbarra had a great win, 112 to 110 over Kilmainham in a repeat of the. 2013, I think, was junior final. Castletown uh, beat Balnebracchi, 2-8 to 12 points. Sidden and St. Michael's was a draw, 2-16-2-16. And uh, one that we'll brush over very quickly was Beck to 4-10, trim 3-11. Yes, and I did meet Joey Geraghty yesterday, who was reminding me about his over 50 years' service to Beckdiff Club. That was one of his proudest moments to get one yeah. over the near neighbours, but yeah, uh, well done. Eight points down with 20 minutes to go. They, Great achievement. They really shut out Trim and, and Trim. I think they only limited Trim to four points in the second half. Trim could have been 3-7 seven to 7 or 1-7 up at half time or something and looked to be coasting, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, a bit of a collapse for Trim and after their good first round win over Balnebracchi, throws that group wide open again. Dunderry had a comfortable win over Blackhall Gales, 120 to 10 points. Dunboyne in their first year up in the intermediate after winning the junior last year beat Dunham or Ashburn, 412 to 12, or sorry, 412 to 112. Walterstown beat Delique Bellystown, another surprise uh, there by 14 points to 9. In the junior football championship, Gail Column killed 3 9, Wolf Tones 2 11. Narrow win for Gail Colin Kill. Nafina won seven, screen eight points. Dunshockland won 17, Navin Matinees won eight. St. Vincent's 215, Kamena Wood 27. St. Vincent's getting back on track after losing the first round there. You know, finalists last year, they were probably disappointed to get off to a losing start. 
Uh, Clannagale 3-15 Dunsany who had beaten St Vincent's in the first round 2-10 Kieran Flynn tell us not to mention that score he yeah he did he, he doesn't he doesn't like uh, Dunsany's woes being aired in public but anyway St Ultons 2-18 Clannard 4-11 in a thriller and Beliver 5-9 Moila 1-14 seemingly four goals in the last three minutes for Beliver won that game for them uh, Three of the goals coming in injury time. I think they got a goal with four minutes going. Had three goals in injury time. Uh, Adam Gannon and uh, I think came on and did a lot of damage there. Uh, was was leading the charge for Beliver. Quick rundown through Junior B then as well. John Conrad two thirteen. St Mary's two eleven. Kilbride and Slane played out a draw one thirteen to sixteen. Jim points. Muller would be happy enough to Jim get would be some point on the board. Absolutely. Dunboyne in the Junior B. That's a great credit to Dunboyne. They're fielding four teams. Their third team. 3.23 to Nobbers 9 points that's some scoring for a third team Delete Bellystown 4.9 Manalvi 2.11 Trim 3.16 Simonstown 3.16 of course we'll have to give Mickey Brennan who hosts the We Are Meads podcast an excellent podcast as well did Mickey, Seamus Kenny line out now? Seamus Kenny lined out uh, for seemingly set up one of the goals in the game one of the goals and uh, Seamus uh, didn't last the full hour but uh Mickey Brennan did and he kicked a penalty with the last kick of the game to deny Trim again. A bad weekend for Trim. But anyway, uh, we had our lip sync. That went well. But uh, St. Colm kills 1-8. Dunmore Ashburn 10 points. And uh, we had one result in the Junior D. St. Colm kills 2-14. Trim 5 points. So they were the championship results from the weekend. Um, probably the other big game of note at the weekend was for the Mead ladies. They played in the National Football League Division 3 semi-final against Longford. They had beaten Longford 5-12 to 1-12 in the group stages of the National League and were warm favourites going to Kinnegad on Saturday to, to advance to the final for the second year in a row. And they won it comfortably enough, 5-18 to 3-10. But the concession of 3-10 in any game, Martin, would have to be a worry no matter how comfortable. You know, I know you scored 5-18, so they still win by... 8 and 6 still won by 14 points but conceding 310 it'd still have to be a worry for any team ah, look at I think the result is far more important it was a wonderful weekend wonderful conditions for attacking football and for scoring and all those type of things but I think they're going in the right direction they, they probably should be playing at a higher level than, than Division 3 anyway yeah well know? the manager Eamon Murray did say during uh, an interview during the weekend that uh you know, semi-finals are there to be won. Nobody remembers semi-final results. No, they just know that a team advanced and a team was knocked out. They're there to be won no matter how you do it. Uh, so they go into the final now on the 4th of May against Sligo, who they also beat in the in the second round. I think that it was a game that was postponed because of the snow and it ended up and played in uh, Clonacool Park in Sligo. But uh, Mead won comfortably that time. But I think Sligo are a different animal now to what they were then. Sligo ran Tyrone very close in the All-Ireland Intermediate semi-final last year. And we all saw what Tyrone did to Mead, bagging five goals against them in the All-Ireland final. So it would be foolish for me to take anything for granted in this. Sligo beats Roscommon 11 points to 8, I think, in their semi-final. So they'll be battle-hardened and dogged coming into that. But as you said, Mead need to be playing at a higher level. They're capable of playing and more than holding their own at a higher level. But it's just getting over that line and securing promotion in what it seems to be a ridiculous cha- or league structure with four teams playing a semi-final and the winners go up rather than the team that finishes top of the division goes up. So you can actually finish fourth and still get promoted. That's not the case this year because 
Mead and Sligo are the top two, but it's an awful pity they don't have a two up and a two down system in the ladies. Um, that weekend, as we said, that final against Sligo is on Saturday the 4th of May. The venue hasn't been announced yet. It'll also be a busy weekend for three of the girls on the senior team, Emma Duggan, Orla Lally and Sarah Wall, will be lining out for the Mead ladies minor team when they play Kildare on the Monday in the Leinster final, Leinster Championship final on the Monday, probably in Kinnegad, but again, no venue determined yet. So a bit uh, a bit harsh on the girls that those three have to play two, play two games, two massive games, a National League final and a Leinster Championship final in the space of 48 hours, but they're very strong girls. Yeah, I'd say they wouldn't, I'd say the girls don't mind playing, I'd say they're delighted to be in both finals, you know, uh, a chance of getting two medals, you know, uh, this year has been a fantastic year for uh, ladies football. Uh, we got a chance to see them playing in front of the National League uh, games in, in Park Talton and the fitness levels that they've shown that day uh, just shows the amount of work they actually put into the game. So I wish them well. Yeah, thanks. And a uh, couple of big things coming up for Mead this week. Um, on Thursday night, you're in your role as Mead Hurl and PRO, you're hosting a meet and greet where uh, you're urging all young supporters to come out to Dungani on Thursday night at 7 o'clock, I think it is, uh, to meet the Mead Hurlers as just as they continue their preparations for the start of the Christie Ring Cup, which is the curtain raiser game uh, on Sunday the 12th of May to Mead's Leinster Football Championship game against Offaly. So you're urging all supporters, young and old, to get to Dungani on Thursday night, Martin. Yeah, look, the GA, you know, you've seen recent times with logos and our, you know, change of image for the association the GA is for everybody you know and this is something that uh, we've done over the last couple of years Dungani is a wonderful facility there's plenty of room for everybody out there uh, the weather is nice uh, so Nick Fitzgerald has been working away uh, preparing his teams uh, all year that uh, you know relatively you know good league campaign some games they could have won some they didn't play that well in but look it's a work in progress for them so you know what we want to do is uh, get as many young people to come out and have a puck around with the ball talk to the players take a photograph a selfie all of those type of things there's, there's posters and different things like that available this is Dungani on tourist evening so we are hoping that you know Parents are coming from work and all that. We understand that. There's no school this week, so it's uh, a great opportunity for them. So we're hoping to see as many as possible in Dungani. And the players love it. The players love meeting the young lads and, and young girls and pucking around with them there for 20 minutes or a half an hour. I know from talking to them before, they really enjoy that meet and greet night. They do. And, you know, it's when, when people turn up like this, they're showing appreciation for the game. They're showing appreciation for the efforts, the players and the management and everybody puts in during the, you know, the dark days of the winter yeah. that people don't realise, you know. So, you know, and it, it, it just, I just feel that Orland and County Mead, you know, we're, we need to keep driving it on, you know, we need to keep uh, pushing it on uh, at all levels. And uh, and that's very difficult at times, you know. Uh, people, yeah, so you do need the young people. And you know, cause I go around this county uh, most places and regularly see young lads walking around with hurling sticks in their hand and that. So hurling is very much alive in the county and look, it's, it's, it's an evening out on, on Thursday night and I hope to see everybody there. Yeah, absolutely. A great night. And, and I've been out at, at nearly all of them that have been held since the first one was for the Christie Ring Cup, I think, in 2016. Uh, I've been out at all of them that have been held since. And 
they really are great occasions great to see the kids so i really urge that you know the kids can't go there themselves so we're urging the parents hop in the car throw the kids in bring their their hurls and their helmets and a slither or two and a piece of paper and a pen and get down to dungani be there for seven o'clock the players will love it players absolutely love to see you there so dungani on thursday night lads for that if you can another big day for a for a local club in mead is st vincent's will officially open their uh, magnificent grounds there, Masterson Park in Ardcat on Sunday with a senior football challenge match between Mead and Roscommon. Unfortunately, now there was meant to be a challenge match yesterday between Mead and Cavan in the Den up, up in Cavan, but had to be postponed only yesterday morning after an outbreak of mumps in the region. They didn't want to put players or spectators or anybody in, at any health risk there at all. So they took the wise decision, difficult decision, but the wise decision to postpone it. But... Meet supporters will still get one last chance to see the team in action before that Leinster Championship game against Offaly on the 12th of May when uh, Ard Cat hosts the uh, Senior Football Challenge against Roscommon at 3.30 on Sunday afternoon. Uh, quickly running out of time, Martin. A couple of other, a massive weekend last weekend and for the weekend coming up for Navin Rugby Club. I know... Uh, you're a big rugby supporter. You're uh, always following Navin rugby and, and a, a keen follower of the game out there in Ballery's Gold. They, um, they travelled down into the heartland of, of Tipperary and emerged with a remarkable seven points to three win over Cashel in the AIL Division 2A uh, promotion semi-final, which puts them into the final now next weekend against Queen's. It's been a remarkable few years for Navin rugby club. they they're looking for their third successive promotion. Only came up from the junior ranks a few years ago. And they've gone through Division 2C, Division 2B. And now they're looking for promotion into Division 1B, which would put them amongst the top clubs in the country, which I know provincial rugby has taken over the game, really, in, in Ireland. But the clubs still hold a huge part uh, in the communities of the local rugby areas. And, and it's, a, it's going to be a bumper crowd out in Navan um, next Saturday when they take on Queen's in that uh, AIL Div 2 playoff final it is now. It's at half two out in Ballery's Gold. I'm sure you'd wish the, uh, the Navin boys the best of luck in that, match. Oh, definitely. And sure, I know an awful lot of people who are involved in, in many a code across the county uh, do support Navin rugby. You know, I know Mick Ryan has his great uh, screen footballer, his uh, young lads uh, play... F- play 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 rugby for them, you know, and an awful lot. But uh, this is going to cause great challenges in the future uh, for the club as it gets bigger. You know, they're going to have financial challenges and different things like that in the future. But look, that's that's not for Saturday. So uh, you know, I, I think any sportsman would uh, wish them well. And uh, what's good for sport in Navan can only be good for everybody. I hope their celebrations then are over by 3 o'clock on Sunday because Ballery's Gold then is hosting the Provincial Towns Cup final between Enniscorty and Wicklow on Sunday at 3 o'clock, I think that game is. So it's a huge weekend for uh, Navin Rugby Club and for rugby in the Mead area. If anybody's interested at all, two great games if you want to get out there and watch them in Ballery's Gold. Um, I think that pretty much sums up the main headlines. I just might want to mention, uh, Fergal, while I'm here, because uh, you mightn't have me in again, the Leinster Football Championship uh, and that Christy Ring game you're saying, tickets are now on sale for that. Uh, if you buy them online or 
ga.ie forward slash ticket or tickets.ie they'll be on sale in Jack uh, Kierlins and Navin shortly they'll also be in super value shops and things like that I just want to point out it's 25 euros on the day but if you buy it uh, in advance it'll only be 20 euros so we, we started off the show talking about uh, the cost of getting in there are great value you know 5 euros for kids and things like that so use the opportunity buy in advance you know don't you won't have to queue and save money and uh, of course you come bearing gifts martin yes uh, why not uh, we'll have two tickets to give away here on the podcast and i'm sure you have a good question to ask Go ahead. Yeah, well, thanks very much. Uh, you know, Martin, as a PRO of Leinster GA, has come bearing gifts and has two tickets to that double header, which it is, let's not forget, at Partholchen on Sunday, the 12th of May, with the Meat Hurlers taking on London in the Christie Ring Cup at 1 pm, and the Meat Footballers taking on Offaly in the Leinster Senior Football Championship at 3 pm in Partholchen. Martin has come bearing gifts, so don't be worrying about paying 20 or 25 euros. We are looking. Yes, yeah, no, I've, I've, I'll worm my way in elsewhere. But uh, we're looking for answers, so uh, we've got a simple question. Submit your answers to fergal.lynch at meadchronicle.ie or via Twitter at meadsports. So submit your answers to fergal.lynch at meadchronicle.ie or on Twitter at meadsports. And the question today is, who was Mead's last All-Star? So name Mead's last All-Star. Send your answer and your name and your address and a contact number, please, to fergal.lynch at meadchronicle.ie or send it via Twitter, or yeah, private message us on Twitter, at meadsports. And uh, we'll run it again next week and then we'll have a winner in plenty of time to get the tickets out to whoever wins the game. Martin, or wins the tickets. Martin, thanks a million for joining us. Thanks a million for the tickets. It's great to have them and uh, hopefully we'll get a big response and thanks again, as I said, for sitting in, for uh, filling the rather large shoes of Jimmy Gagan, who I'm sure will be back with us next week. Thanks very much, Fergal. It's always a pleasure.